0: Rob Bryden, yeah, yeah. He'd he definitely do a job as the police escort.
1: Two nights before Christmas, we know you'll be bored, so here's more football nonsense from the late Andrew Ward. I'm Andy Baxter and this is Fines of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast. Hello Dan. how are you?
0: Oh yeah, that was a great start.
1: It was, you came in a little bit earlier, didn't get a chance to say that I'm joined by Darren the Yorkshire Reindeer. Well,
0: as I was saying before we started recording, I don't think reindeers, particularly flying reindeers, would survive on the cliff tops of Flamborough Head. so... But yeah, it's fa- thankfully at time of recording we've just got out of this weird tropical Arctic like. Was it like minus six every
1: morning where you were? It was. It was horrible. It really was. It, it did get down to um, something silly, and you know having to defrost the cars where they're just thick with ice, and ah, oh, it just chills you to your bones. It's not nice. Ugh. But as you say, thankfully we seem to be over it.
0: Yeah, and then yesterday it was like 13 degrees. I wonder if it's a record. I mean, we always ask these nerdy questions. Granted, they're usually about football, but nerdy weather question, which kind of ties in because we're doing the Wally episode. Is it the the most severe change of temperature between two days from like minus 7 to 13? It's like 20 degrees change overnight.
1: Yeah, it's, it's... You know, it is. It's gotten quite mild the last few years. In as sort of Christmas goes, the extremes are getting um a bit different, aren't they? But I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask about weather records. I'm afraid. Maybe we'll get Wardy's next. book. So anyway, why, 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 why are we here? Daz? why we're we here. Well, we're here. It's not
0: quite our Christmas special because we haven't got our third piece of the mistletoe with us, but. What it is, is it's like a pre-Christmas, as we were discussing before we started recording, this is like the pre-Christmas week where you're kind of winding down, you know, you're doing a bit of work, but you're not really that into it. My phone, when I left the house, my work phone had 3% battery, ran out of battery before I even got to work and I haven't charged it up yet. So, you
1: know,
0: it's that kind of week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Doing very little, best I can. Yeah, just stay in, have
0: some ales, eat some turkey or non-meat substitute, if that's what you fancy, although, come on, it's mm. Christmas, get a grip, have a, have a pig in blanket,
1: grow up. <laughs> well, not as your cup of tea, but I was enjoying some Quality Street. I, I suppose, yeah.
0: In the same way I'd say grow up and have a pigs in blankets, most people would probably say grow up and have a chocolate. Have but... some
1: chocolate, yeah.
0: Yes, like that. Um, I was
1: successful in my in my hunt for Twiglets though I Twiglets. went to loads of different shops and couldn't find them at all and um, yeah there was two boxes left in Morrison's when I went in yesterday so uh, yeah managed to get my hands on some Twiglets chocolate no but they? they were quite hard to come by this year I don't know I don't know what flavour they are, are they're like they're brown <laughs> and crunchy
0: it rhymes with piglet so is it
1: like pork scratchings I suppose it no, does they're, they're vegetarian are they <sighs> you see the wikipedia isn't very helpful it just says they're a wheat a wheat based snack that sounds gross yeah exactly why it's are you so desperate com- for them they're lovely the taste has been compared to that of marmite which is strange because I don't like marmite
0: I wonder if you dip, dip them in,
1: dip mar-mite. Twiglets in
0: Marmite, do you reckon they'd taste nicer?
1: Yeah, it might be too intense. Yeah. Anyway, you can tell we're winding down, can't you? Well, I'll tell you what,
0: if, you, if anyone likes Twiglets, do you know what Do you'll know what you love? A Baxter's Hard Bovril. Yes!
1: <laughs> it's yes. that time of
0: year, we finally made it to Hard Bovril weather.
1: Hard Bovril, Yeah. I like it. I remember
0: what we said it was. Was it Ovral and? I don't think we
1: officially came down one way or the other. It was just an alcohol. Hmm.
0: Tom said he was going to do one at the AGM
1: in January. I can't remember what how it came about, but I was at a match one time, and we just ended up talking about if we won, we'd get the most sort of random drink we could from behind the bar. And long and boring story short, we ended up drinking a lot of perno. And I haven't been that drunk in a long, long time. Very easy to drink, and it gets you messed up. It's like Anacidi. It's a lot like Sambuca, that kind of ballpark spirit. But, it, um, yeah, it gets you absolutely wrecked. Might be a good one to mix with Bovril. Bovril and Perno. Wow. As, as you say, get it done in the, um, in, the, in the AGM. Yeah. What
0: would you call it? A real A Bovno? Bovno, because <laughs> then it's kind like of like it's got it's got a little warning. It's like have a Bovno.
1: Yeah, it's telling you not to do it. Anyway, people don't want to hear about Twiglets and Bovril. Maybe they do.
0: <laughs> they probably do. Probably do. But no, we're not going to give them that. We're not going to give them that content. All we're going to do is we're going to open up this book. Football strangest matches we're coming towards the halfway point now. Which. In some ways, is a relief. In some ways, is it's quite sad as well. It means that within the next two years, we're going to have to start thinking of something else to do when we finish this.
1: Yeah, but equally, we've shown quite a lot of dedication to get through this far because some of it has been, uh, you know, not easy. It's been a struggle. Yeah, some of it has.
0: But I tell you now, without even... It's not a Christmas special, as I keep saying, that's that's for next time, but it definitely is a special episode, because this next story we're about to do, the 50-second story, is it's worthy of a film, maybe even like a Netflix series or something.
1: Oh, well, like a 6 part Yeah, you,
0: you, you, might, you might get through it in six parts, but... We're going to try and get through it. It's, it's only two pages, but there's a lot of imagination to be had. And if this actually happened, this is the greatest, mm. this is one of the greatest football stories of all time. And I actually dare say so far, it is football's strangest story. Now, the problem I've got with it is that the book is actually called football strangest matches. And, It's not so much the match that's what makes it strange. It's the whole occurrence of the day and how it unfolds. So I'm going to jump straight in. I've not even renamed this story, so I'm going to give it the original Wardy title just because it it pretty much tells you what's going to happen, but you you will never believe the content until it unfolds. And it's called... A nightmare Day Trip and it's October 1961 now Baxter have you had any Nightmare Day trips before?
1: football or non-football? I've fallen asleep on the last train once and missed my stop Um, that was a bad one I mean it's only like being caught in horrendous traffic and stuff but that's not really noteworthy no. trying to think I threw up on a boat once when I was in school
0: well, if all of those three things would have happened in the same day, you'd probably be about 10% there as to what <laughs> happened What happened in this story. Right, prepare your ears, because you're not going to want to miss this one. Gillingham thought they could travel to Barrow on the day of the game. Gillingham's Kent, isn't it?
1: Yeah. That's a long way.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, we're about to find out, actually. Oh, the, yeah. journey, the journey from the mouth of Kent's River Medway to the tip of the Furnace Peninsula in Lancashire, as it was called back then, was over 300 miles, or anyone who's still working in kilometres, 483.
1: Has it been sold for naming rights, has it, that peninsula? Is it taken a sponsor, sponsor on? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and...
0: If you had a three hundred mile journey to do and you needed to guarantee you'd make it, what would you probably pick as your first journey method? Um, bearing in mind there's probably going to be like thirty of you.
1: Train? Hmm. I mean, it's that or a coach. I mean, but you you run the risk of traffic on the, getting a big coach, don't you? It's also nineteen sixty one. Remember?
0: Yeah, a train leaving London Euston at 9.05am seemed a safe bet so you were right there mm. the One, the one thing I do like to imagine though is these days just a team of players on a train
1: <laughs> you'd never see it yeah. would you just, they hadn't booked seats in advance they're all just milling around up and down trying to find somewhere to sit
0: yeah, the managers in first class and the rest have just been let loose in the standard <laughs> class <laughs> Getting told off for buying a packet of nuts. (laughs) So yeah, so the train left at 9.05. It seems a safe bet, says Wardy. The team should arrive with over an hour to spare before kickoff.
1: Doesn't seem that... No, that seems to be
0: cutting it a bit fine. Hmm. And kickoff was at 5.15 in Barrow, and Barrow had no floodlights. Mm. We're about three sentences in and you can already feel there's some risky business on its way. Yeah. First came the 35 mile or 56.3 kilometre coach trip to Euston. Right. They've hired a coach to take them to Euston. Could it not just take them the whole way? If you've made the hassle of hiring a coach...
1: For 50 miles, that's a good old chunk of the journey.
0: Yeah, it sounds like some bad logistics coming up here. The coach made an early morning start, but ran into heavy traffic, and officials grew agitated. The coach arrived at Euston half an hour after the train had left. Good. Oof. The options remaining were not promising. <laughs> I've definitely been there. <laughs> yeah. The next train, the 1025, would arrive one minute after kickoff. <laughs> um,
1: I love the way they're still considering it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if they kick off and score a couple in the empty net, we can always run yeah. on and make it up. The coach would be too slow, apparently, and getting in individual cars would be very risky. There was only one possibility, and this is where it becomes insane. There was only one possibility. Aeroplane. Right. Nice. Imagine this. an <laughs> FC in like the third division or whatever they're in. <laughs> Roaming around London trying to hire their own
1: aeroplane. Trying to find a, find a plane? <laughs> Can you think yeah. of the Barrow now? Does Barrow even have an airport? I'd, I'd be surprised.
0: <laughs> Club officials discovered two suitable scheduled flights. The 10.40 to Manchester, the 11 o'clock to Newcastle. Both were fully booked.
1: They're not that suitable then, are they? No. Yeah. <laughs> the next
0: idea was to charter their own plane. Christ. Where are they getting all this from? Where are they, where are they getting the money for this? Yeah. Um... One was sorted out and arranged, but the company had to fly it from Gatwick to London Airport before they could leave. So the Gillingham party would be waiting. The cost of the plane was £500, and the company wanted the money in advance.
1: <laughs> trust in them. Th- yeah, exactly, in case they fled. Hmm.
0: At this stage, Bex, how? Like, give us a percentage of...
1: What do you think the chances
0: are they're going to make it for this game?
1: Well, they had a couple of setbacks early on, but at least they've been proactive and managed to sort this plane. So at this point, you know, they've still got half a chance, haven't they?
0: Half a chance. What, 50%
1: then? Maybe maybe a bit more, I'd say, because they've they've, they've still organised. It's still morning time. It's probably not a long flight. Um, Yeah, maybe a bit more. Maybe seven seven out of ten. Gillingham officials
0: telephoned the Football League. They negotiated a 15-minute delay in kick-off time. Barely worth it. The players would be asked to forego the half-time interval, which really seems harsh for Barrow.
1: Yeah, but nothing they've done wrong, is it?
0: Unless, I mean, it just says the Gillingham players would be asked to forego the half-time interval. Maybe Barrow has still got one. yeah. But the Gillingham players just had to run on the spot for fifteen minutes yeah. as a punishment. So we've now got a 5 30 pm kickoff. So the battle against daylight is gonna be also a factor, I imagine, as we mm. come into the, the back end of this story. But when did
1: you say it was? October. Yeah. It's gonna be dark. There's no two ways <laughs> about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um the next problem was the plane's destination. Oh, Christ. They decided to head to the nearest airport, which was at Squires Gate in Blackpool. Okay. 70 miles from Barrow.
1: <sighs> Still, probably closer than Manchester and Newcastle, which is what they initially thought of. Yeah, this
0: meant they would have to arrange another journey once getting off the plane.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a faff! I mean, no one would go to this hassle these days, would they? It would have been it, called off at ten am.
1: Yeah, immediately, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, or just play it the next day, I guess. Do it on a Sunday instead. Get up there yeah, Saturday. a the do. But a coach was hired to meet them at Squires Gate, but. As time slipped by, officials realized a coach would still be too slow. Aww. So then, another really interesting twist here. Four, four cars were hired Go on. and a police escort arranged.
1: Oh, now we're talking.
0: What would be a hectic last leg of the trip? Imagine this just bombing it through the Lake District. All the cars (laughs) on the roads just being piled to the sides. And then there's just these four random hire cars bombing it through with with police escort. I mean, how many people are in those cars? How important is this match? Well, I am, Matt. The chartered flight left London at half two in the afternoon. Which, again, it just seems so late. It's three hours till kickoff now. Yeah.
1: I, I'm, again, fair play to them for keeping it up and trying.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very intense though. It's very exciting. What you with three hours to go? What are you thinking now, chances wise of the of
1: the game going ahead? We've had more setbacks, haven't we? Um, yeah, I I think someone in the office needs to have a word and say, yeah, this this isn't going on today, is it? Because after all, they have still got to play a game. It's not as if they're just trying to get there, is it? Yeah. So at this point, do you reckon we'll make
0: it to the final
1: whistle? Uh, no, somehow I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a good cliffhanger, though, isn't it? Yeah,
0: we're only halfway through. <laughs> there were no motorways in the northwest. Eh? we uh, another wardy bash.
1: Ah oh, dear, yeah, <laughs> the,
0: the poorest region of the country, of course,
1: <laughs> <laughs> followed very
0: closely by the northeast. <laughs> Um, but apparently, there were no motorways in the northwest in October 1961. The roads around Morecambe Bay were among the country's worst for a late dash by car through driving rain.
1: Yeah, it's raining as well, Christ.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention that earlier. You It shows how good a story it is.
1: Mm. That Wardy
0: hasn't mentioned the weather until like
1: two thirds of the way through. Um, it's like he's realised, oh, crap, I haven't mentioned the best <laughs> throw in. Yeah. Damn it. It was also
0: raining. Mentioned it. The team reached Holker Street at 5.30 p.m., which, of course, was the negotiated delayed kick-off time, and the players still needed to change. not even funny. They could have done that on the plane, surely.
1: On the plane or in the four cars? Got there and gone, oh,
0: yeah. By the way, lads, we need to get changed. Have a bit of supper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Warm up. <laughs> yeah, I might stretch our legs for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking the piss now, aren't they? Yeah. I them getting there. At yeah. half past.
0: Yeah. But
1: they have made it in time. Gillingham,
0: as you can appreciate, were not ideally prepared to play their fourth division match. They'd been up early stuck in traffic on a coach, forced to hang around, shepherded onto a plane. The first time some of them had ever been on a plane, 40 nights in brackets, which is quite exciting or potentially petrifying for them. <laughs> Driven rapidly through the countryside and told to change as quickly as they could upon arrival. So the game's going to start. And, you know, as, as someone who has... Played football fairly regularly, fairly recently. Hmm. If you've just turned up after that, like what are you fancy in the chances yeah.
1: of, of no, playing not pulling really. it out of the bag, not not very high. Um, and they must know that because traveling is one of them weird things that does make you knackered, even though there's no sort of good reason for it. So to have to try and play professional sport as well, yeah, hmm. maybe skip this one.
0: Yeah. So half time they were 5 goals down.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: How deflating.
1: <laughs> Got to go do it all in reverse as well getting back.
0: Yeah, well, how are they going to get back at that time? I don't think they could. No. The problem now was the daylight was descending. By the 74th minute when Barrow were leading (laughs) 6-0. Referee Mr Jobling from Morecambe felt it was too dark for football. He allowed an extra couple of minutes under Barrow's makeshift training lights. Just time for Barrow's seventh goal, (laughs) but then abandoned the game shortly after seven o'clock with about 15 minutes left.
1: Ah, it kind of doesn't feel worth it, does it?
0: <laughs> that is that is so sad. So yeah, you were right. the The full time whistle did not not uh, happen. The football league ruled that the seven nil score line should stand as a result, and Gillingham obviously just had to, you know, absorb all the cost, mental trauma. Probably sickness bugs of the lads who'd never been on the plane before. God Um, knows how they got home. I'm guessing, you know, I think the Barrow lads probably put them up in digs or something. Maybe they just stayed in the clubhouse and drank numerous pints of ale just to get over the horrendous day, maybe.
1: Just, yeah.
0: It'd probably
1: be a good laugh. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I think that that's the only thing that would make up for it, isn't it? And if that wasn't bad enough, this this is the sequel. This is the sequel. This is the, the sequel to my uh, film pitch. Gillingham's next game was away at Carlisle United, an even longer journey. Oh,
1: good God. <laughs> Potentially stay there.
0: <laughs> yeah, just stay for the week. Thankfully, on this occasion... They set off in good time and won the game two one. Yes.
1: The moral of the story: plan ahead. I like that because that's um, yeah, that that bit of redemption for them. And it's not often we get a nice sort of conclusion to the to these stories. Was he just usually stops talking and that's it? We get annoyed at it. we well,
0: give given the benefit yeah. of the doubt because it was such a good story. Yeah. It was. Well, yeah. I mean, what did what did you think of that one?
1: And I liked it. Um, Similar to what you said at the start, though, it wasn't a remarkable match or a strange match. I mean, it was strange in the sense that Dillingham's players were all knackered and they couldn't move because they'd all been traveling for 12 hours or whatever it was to get there. Um, But other than that, it's just a funny travel story. Like one of those Top Gear challenges, like back in the day, where they used to have to get somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just the idea of trying to beat the clock to get there. When I was sat reading yeah. it for the first time, it was like really exciting. I was like thinking, God, they're never gonna make this. They're never gonna make this. And then they did make it, but yeah, the the tragedy of not being able to finish the game. But then again, if the seven nil down with fifteen to go, what's gonna happen? I guess at least the the football league made a sensible decision to. Count the result rather than making them play it again.
1: Yeah, it's not the first time that a result has stood despite the game being abandoned while we've been covering this book, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder if they've changed the rules slightly to these days. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously, games don't really get abandoned anymore, but they, they I suppose get, when tra- yeah. travel was harder back then,
0: travel, yeah, travel was harder. I think last time we discussed this was when I was saying about uh Dover traveling to Mac and it got called off because of fog. And for them that was obviously a huge journey. And both Mm. both of them at the time were clubs with zero pounds, zero pence in the bank. So to have to organise another trip, another match, is obviously quite a big deal, isn't it, really? Mm. But it does make you wonder if if there's like maybe if there's a three goal deficit and it's after half time. Ish, they maybe could call it. Hmm. If you were the chairman, yeah, yeah. If you were the chairman of a skimp football team, your team was three 0 down, and a game got abandoned after fifty-five minutes. the The ref comes over and says, "You know, mutual agreement that the result will be three nil. you going to take the loss, or are you going to go?" No, we'll come back next we'll, week. We'll, 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 we'll yeah, risk, try and beat them. risk financially crippling ourselves to get a better result. I guess it depends what it means. If you're a mid-table team and it's the end of the season and there's not really much to play for, yeah. maybe you know, you'd mind a 3-0 defeat. It's not really going to make much difference. But if you're top of the table and it's a shock result, then I guess you'd fight it all the way, wouldn't you? Mm, there we go. Yeah. So, it. If you're a mid-table team, you're 3-0 down, yeah. it's gone half-time, and it gets abandoned, just call it quits.
1: <laughs> just maybe that should be a rule anyway. Just think, oh, sorry, we'll just declare, like uh, in cricket. Yeah, yeah. I, had enough.
0: I wonder if you could forfeit in football. If you were, like, 8-0 down, could you just wave a white flag and walk off?
1: Like in boxing? Yeah. That could be one, because we were
0: making some rule amendments at one stage in our podcasting career, weren't we? We were going mm. to write to the FA some of our proposals.
1: Well, it's sort of an unwritten rule where if it gets to, I don't know, you're three or four nil down, you can just go back to the pub. I think that's <laughs> the sort of widely accepted one, isn't it? But yeah. it's, we, we need it written into law.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly as a fan, that's exactly what you'd do. Gotcha. you. <laughs> And law dictates if you're not getting anything out of the game, if you don't even think your team's going to score, just get down the pub, avoid yeah. the queues.
1: I remember when, when I went to Millwall away with Rovers, and they had a man sent off after about five minutes, mm. and it was got battered. I think it was 3 0. And then they Millwall scored a fourth with about two minutes to go, and those people got up. And it's like, oh, come on, we're, we're going away. Two minutes to go. I sat through all yeah. this crap all this far. I might as well stay to the end. <laughs> yeah. Did they get a consolation goal? No. It by the time I sort of argued the toss about waiting till the end, the referee blew the whistle and then finished anyway. So it was only would have been like a minute and a half or something.
0: Would have been nice if if all the lads would have left, you'd have stayed and they'd have got a couple of goals just to send send you home with. Yeah, too right. Uh, no chance. Not with Bristol Rovers. No, <laughs> not happening. Um. So yeah, I, I think it it's definitely it's it's not it's not peak football, but it's it's peak storytelling. I think so far,
1: fab as stories go, as travel and sort of general sort of misadventure go, it was great. You could, like I say, definitely imagine it as a, a
0: film or a Netflix series with, with all some of the lads who'd never been on the plane before chucking up. And yeah. you know, the anxious lads who were just like, come on, clock watching, making sure that they have the the coach ready, the, the, the private cars ready. You get some funny comedy actor as the police escort to
1: just drive them through. There's money to be made from this. We can definitely do it. Yeah comic actors, Jim Carrey, or if we're thinking just UK, maybe <laughs> Rob Bryden, Steve Coogan, one of them, they're always good fun, aren't they?
0: Rob Bryden, yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he'd
0: definitely do a job as the police escort. Yeah,
1: yeah. like the, the, the sort of um, befuddled coach driver trying to get these players there <laughs> and it's, oh, everything's going wrong, yeah? Oh, Let's not say too much because we can pitch this, can't we? Yeah,
0: maybe this is the twist then. If it's a six-parter, the six parts of each leg of the journey on a different method of transport and rob Brydon yeah. is the is the, <laughs> the is the, the driver the train uh, conductor the pilot yeah each each like play that. in a very different the, also very noticeably similar character
1: <laughs> the police escort as well yeah yeah i love this it's definitely got legs and then they, they turn up at the pitch and
0: who do you think the referee is <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet him. We'll tweet him. We'll tag him in this episode and say, you've got to listen to the whole thing to find out what your next perfect job opportunity is. But it'll be worth it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight.
1: Pick ones mayonnaise, quality mayonnaise dips, dressing, and sauces that are mixed with love and flair. Pick what you want. Ah, oh, yeah.
0: But no, for now, I think we should move on. I think we've got one more in us, and I'm pleased to say that what will probably be our last Wardy story of the year is going to be taking place in a blizzard. Good. Wardy Winter Weather Warning, the four W's. Hmm. Which, as we know, Wardy loves a, well, inclement weather. It's his main favourite thing, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Inclement weather. So this one is Farewell in a Blizzard, which sounds a bit ominous as well. Yeah. And it's crew. It's 1962, and that'll do. There we go. I was hoping there was another rhyme. (laughs) The first sentence is one that he definitely had a lot of joy in writing. Here it is. Crew in the snow. Yeah. (laughs) That's his opening sentence.
1: Sets the scene. Fine. Okay. It 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 sets a scene. It does sound, as you say, quite bleak, quite um, <laughs> sinister. Um, yes. you can ima- you can imagine the sort of the white text on a black screen, can't you? Just, uh, as, yeah. uh, at the stars of our Netflix six-parter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crew in the snow. It seemed like the last place on earth, <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally for the visitors. Literally.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh dear.
0: A few days after this match, Accrington Stanley died. Oh God. This was the club's final match. Mm, Let's make it a good one. Yeah. As a game, sadly, it was ordinarily (laughs) one-sided.
1: Well, that's not Wardy's fault, to be fair.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. Cruz Terry Teague a former Accrington player sportingly did his best to give his former club a first-minute boost. His back pass was cleared off the goal line, but thereafter it was one-way traffic towards the Accrington goal. So yeah, this is just going to be a pummeling in the snow, just as your club's about to fold. Yeah, sometimes the true Christmas spirit we're bringing out here. Yeah, and then. A bold claim here from Wardy. He says, the coldest man in crew that day was Jack Ferguson. Fine. I mean, let me see your data, but fine. Got the firmest out, didn't he? Yeah. The home team's goalkeeper stranded alone in a snowstorm as crew scored four times at the other end.
1: Yeah. Being a goalkeeper in the cold, like those kind of conditions, I empathise with Jack Ferguson.
0: So here's here's a two part question. Do you reckon there's time to make a snowman
1: <laughs> in forty five minutes? Yes. it'd be a small one.
0: All right. Second part <clears throat> of the question: Is it legal to make a snowman in the goal?
1: See the like the goalkeeper's cap. And like the off the the corner flag and stuff, and he said offside flag. That doesn't make any sense. The corner flag and stuff, and the referee always used to be counted and classified as part of the pitch. So if it like that's why. Do you remember when I think it was Darren Bent's score then it hit a beach ball and went in. That counted because it's classed as part of the pitch. If it hit like a I don't know a, a bottle that someone had thrown on, and it, it, no one had moved it, and it hits it and goes, in, it's fine. It counts because it's part of the pitch. So yeah. a snowman would just be part of the pitch, I think. But then, is it in the spirit of the game? Because you could just, essentially just build a wall in your own goal instead, couldn't you?
0: That's, that's what I was getting at. If there's nothing to do, just build a really thick wall and then just, Yeah. You know, sip, go, sip for, go it. for a jog or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe if there's a referee listening, you can get in touch.
0: Yeah, give us a shout. Let us know. Would you stand for that on your pitch? Mm. Right. Eckrington Stanley was saved from an even bigger defeat than 4-0 by goalkeeper Alex Smith, who, according to one report, was in the £15,000 class. So he was good. Yeah, is that wealthy? Is? I don't know. Do you, reckon, do you reckon Pint of Football as a podcast is in the... £15,000 class?
1: Well, looking at the sponsorship we get, no. But, you know, maybe. You've got to back yourself, haven't you? Maybe in the 15 pence club. Yeah. I mean, the listenership has been up recently, so, yeah, maybe Mm. we'll get someone with some money, a wealthy benefactor.
0: If ever we start a Patreon, we should call Mm. it the £15,000 class. £15,000 class, yeah, nice. And then, just to give it some perspective not far below the 23.5k Harry Gregg
1: goalkeeping record. As in transfer fee record? This is terribly worded.
0: Yeah. I'm guessing it's probably saying that he's he's worth almost as much as the record goalkeeper, I think, is what he's saying.
1: Um, yeah, which was 23,000 at the time. Right, okay, that's fine. But also it's I mean, strange. why that come into it? I yeah. don't anyway.
0: But also, if Acker and Stanley are about to go bust, why don't they just sell him? He's worth fifteen K. If that's big money back then. Get him sold. But I guess, <laughs> yeah, they'd probably lose by more than four 0 as as he says. Smith nearly <laughs> didn't play at crew, relying on a late dash by car to join the team at Nutsford after missing the team coach.
1: <laughs> <But> compared <laughs> to
0: the last story, i uh, Simple, wasn't it? Jump in the car and drive up.
1: At least it was well, close. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. To add to this, he had just moved into a new house <laughs> and must have been looking forward to a career with his new club. A few days later, he was out of a job. It's not ideal, yeah. is it? Absolutely. No, not ideal. no. On the Monday after the Friday game at Crew. Accrington Stanley held a meeting at creditors of creditors. Sorry, the news was worse than anyone had anticipated. Unsecured creditors were owed over 43,000 pounds. And not good, obviously, 60s money to us is just like you know, there's no real point of reference, but don't worry because Ward is give us one 43 get the grand. Is more than the cost of Brian Clough's big news transfer from Middlesbrough to Sunderland around the same time. So, so I mean, more, more than still, the highest transfers that we're knocking about.
1: Yeah, for one of the top players at the time. Yeah, it's still um, you get you get the gist. Yeah, Accrington Stanley
0: could no longer compete with the seven Lancashire clubs in the first division. Well, yeah, they, I mean they're in the fourth division by this point, so. That's that's obvious, really. Yeah. The league had lost one of its founding members. Oh, yeah, of course, because they were one of the original founding members of the Football League, weren't they?
1: Accrington. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so that's quite sad, I suppose. The first of the big, old, historic clubs to go down the pan mm. in 1962. Um, the directors had been paying the players' wages for many months, really respect that. 'cause you'd never get that now. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? The players are the first to stop being
1: paid. Yeah, they'd sort of just take a, a a payment break or something just till things got sorted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um but now they needed an immediate four hundred pound to prevent the cutting off of telephone, gas, electricity and water. I'm not sure why they're bothering keeping all this stuff going if the club's gone bust.
1: No. Maybe someone might they might get a phone call that saves the club. I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe
1: they didn't want anyone else having that telephone number. <laughs> it was a good but, one here. Yeah, we we printed up all our business cards. Yeah, yeah. Some old lady
0: living in in the Wirral gets a call from from some businessman <laughs> saying, "I've got fifty grand here for you if you want it." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. they yeah, asking like... if
1: the games on on the weekend.
0: <laughs> Imagine how annoying that would get.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, when the players reported on Tuesday, they were told the sad news but no training was possible anyway because the water pipes were frozen. So I don't know if that's meant to be a
1: light relief or a, an, an extra kick in the teeth. Well, you have to get there and it's freezing. Yeah, and they're all because like. They rang them, though, if they've been paying the phone bill still.
0: Oh yeah, that's true.
1: Could have done a ring round.
0: The players stood around and kicked their heels while a tradesman's van came to collect the club's washing machine. <laughs> that's, that's very sad.
1: No, we we should we shouldn't laugh, but it's very funny. Imagine
0: all just sat in the dressing room, like, "What the hell are we going to do now?" And then you just get get these guys. Excuse me, lads. <laughs> Taking the washing. Machine. I mean. Christ, why is that the first thing someone thought of?
1: Maybe they just bought it new. How many payments did they have left on the washing machine?
0: Yeah, it's the first thing the repo men are coming in. But yeah, <laughs> after three days of mourning, there was another attempt to resurrect the club with yet another Save Stanley campaign. There was no success this time. So it's obviously just one of those things where they've probably announced we're about to go bust. Someone's chucked a few quid in oh, uh, that's mm. run out, we're about to go bust again. And then after, you know, the 10th time or the fifth time or whatever, everyone's just, oh, I'll I'll put a bid in on the auction for the washing machine, but that's about it, I'm afraid. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose some of this must ring quite familiar from when Mac were in the difficulties that they, they had. Apart from
0: we had the opposite things. We had a rich owner living in a mansion in me for just, not, just refusing outright to pay
1: anyone. Oh, I see. He had loads, <laughs> loads of washing machines. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: yeah. I think you had a tower of them. But no, that was the end of Accrington Stanley. They had to resign from the Football League and the club had played its last game on a
1: snowy, eerie night in Crewe. Merry Christmas. Bad times. But, you know, we know the outcome of it isn't all bad, because they're back and doing well at the moment, so... You know, that's... uh, And they managed to keep their name, too, so that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they've probably got washing
1: machines and dryers now. Loads of washing machines. Yeah, so...
0: You know, again, we always like to pick out morals of the story. Um, There's got to be one there about you might lose your washing machine when you're at your hardest times, but eventually... You'll come back a new person with multiple appliances.
1: Yeah, something like that. There's probably a, a snappy Word. way of saying
0: it, but <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start writing
1: some Chinese fortune hmm. cookies. Yeah, about <laughs> washing machines. All <laughs> washing machine, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Half of them would just say not machine washable.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, that's the end of the Wardy saga for 2022. Covered a lot.
1: It's been a good, old, uh, a good old ride here. Christ, we need to get back into some of our other specials, because they're always quite interesting too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we've got the Christmas special, haven't we, around the corner? Which... Go- oh, what, Christmas what, what... special, we've got yeah. a
1: few guests lined up to come on to do some talking about various countries, haven't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that'll
1: be good. I might have a player interview coming up, so we'll see about that. Watch this space. What Lionel Messi? Too. Yeah, well, he's a bit busy at the moment, so I said, I'd give him a couple of weeks and then yeah. give him a shout.
0: Everyone, everyone's saying on social media that he's completed he's got all the, all the things football. No, no. Nah, nah, I, mean, I what would you say is the closest you've come to completing
1: football? Me personally, as a player. Yeah. Ah, completing football. I mean, I don't get to do a lot of it, really. Um, I've saved a few penalties in my time when I was playing in goal. That was that was always fun because that's quite yeah. quite good. I've yeah. never scored, so that's a shame.
0: So that's what you need to do to complete football. I think so. Saved a penalty, so you've stopped a goal. Hmm. So now you got to score
1: one. Well, playing at fullback now, I'd, I'd like to think I stopped more than just those goals, but.
0: Yeah, but a penalty, you can scientifically Mm. prove you stopped
1: the goal. Definitely, it's more conclusive, you're right. It's more direct involvement, isn't it? Um, What else? How else can you complete football? I don't know, some sort of, you need to do some kind of once in a lifetime weird fluke. Didn't you play play at Goodison recently? I did play at Goodison, yeah. Which is your
0: supported club. That must be some sort of like bucket list thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, and especially when it's gone, we've only got another season left there. So once that's done, and they turn it into flats or a big little or something, then um, yeah. you know it's 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 going to be nice to look back and bore my daughter to the death of it.
0: Played at Goodison, saved a penalty, mm. watched your team abroad in Europe, mm. um, run your own football podcast, yes. There you go, you've completed football. I'm getting there. Messi hasn't done any of those things,
1: none of those things. If that time when you knocked the ball away from me when we were in the crowd and I was about to head it, if you'd have let me head it, that would have been it. I would have been closer to, to completing football.
0: I reckon head the match
1: ball, yeah,
0: head the match ball as a fan. I still, I
1: think, I think. Yeah, I think playing at Goodison is probably a better... Well, that. yeah, that was good as well. But tell you what, if you guys, if any of the listeners um, have got any ideas of what else can be classed as completing football, let us know. Yeah. Give us a hand because we're clearly struggling. Um, You can email us at Football 2015 at gmail.com.
0: And, and just to bear in mind that completed football for the, for the, for the common man, for the normal person, you know, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ballon d'Or, World Cup, all that stuff. Yeah. It's, there's no excitement in there. We're, we're talking about nearly heading a ball at Western Supermare. That's what. That's the level we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll create... Maybe that'll be our next thing then, Vex. We'll create the ultimate top 10 things you need to do to complete football.
1: You know what I'd like to see, but I've never actually seen it in the flesh, you've only seen like little videos and stuff of it, when someone's not paying attention in the crowd and the ball either knocks their coffee out of their hand or their glasses off their face or something like that?
0: Oh my god, I went to the last game I went to was uh, West Ham women's team against Birmingham City and where I was sat was right behind the brick wall of the ground mm-hmm. and the ball went about six inches from my face Perfect. it was one of those where she. <laughs> literally blasted it and you just heard the thud of the wall bounced away all of the crowd turned and looked at me so they thought it hit me in the face and i was just sort of sat there like i probably would have died (laughs) because the impact it would have hit me in the face probably popped my nose i would have smashed Mm. my head on the back of the brick wall
1: oh yeah you didn't know about it
0: so yeah it was um Maybe that counts as towards completing football. Had a near-death experience at a women's football match.
1: Added it to the list, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's That's got to be it. That's our New Year's challenge. We need to create the top 10 bucket list of um, completing football. Yeah. There you go, then.
1: You didn't mention the Twitter. Mention the Twitter.
0: Oh, yeah. We're still on Twitter. We're still getting towards 1,000 followers. That was it. Tom said, when we get to 1,000 followers... He's gonna drink an alcoholic bovril. No, that was so it. Yeah, he's gonna. Nah, he's gonna have a bovril slammer, which includes the <laughs> the paste. <laughs> paste in your eyes, or whatever it was. <laughs> paste in your eyes. Turn out your nose.
1: Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll film it for the for the patriot, so everyone can see <laughs> twigglets in your ears. <laughs> twiglets are great. Get get invest in some twiglets. They're lovely.
0: I'm like, well, if you said there's only two packets in the whole of the West Country, then
1: mm. maybe I'll have to start searching. There must be a seasonal thing. I don't remember remember them being just a Christmas time thing, but maybe they are.
0: Yeah, it's like everyone always gets those what are they called? Uh,
1: matchsticks
0: or matchbox or whatever they're called, those mint chocolate things. I know what you mean. Matchmakers. Matchmakers, that's it. Everyone gets them at this time of year, don't they? You never see them knocking around in shops normally.
1: Oh, that's true. And after-eights. Anyway, we don't we don't need to descend <laughs> into just various Christmas snacks. <laughs> I know pies. There's to talk about. God.
0: <laughs> Christmas pudding. Right,
1: that's, that's enough. That's enough. We've bored them for long enough.
0: Yeah, go on. Give us a jack.
1: A mate of mine messaged me about this large hole filled with water. I know he means well. Hey. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas and happy festivities.
0: podcast network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy Judy.
0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumpacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumpacasino.com